Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's Gospel tells us something that you know, we all already know. We're all born into a world where we're entering into a battle. Right? There's a constant battle that we didn't really have a choice in. Once we enter into this world, once we're born into this world, there's a battle that we're born in the midst of. And that battle is an ongoing battle between good and evil. And it's fighting for your soul. Because of the sin of our first parents, we all suffer the consequences of that same sin. All of us experience imperfections. All of us experience sickness. All of us experience brokenness, temptation, sin. Things that crush our spirit, things that crush us. We all experience it on a daily basis. Right? In this thing called life. And we all have that choice in our lives whether to go to good or to evil. We know that God had a different plan in mind. We know that we read the Gospels, we read the Bible, we read Genesis, that God meant for all things to be good. When He created the world, when He created everything we see today, God meant for all of it to be good. But He gives us a choice. He cannot force us to love Him. That's our choice to go towards Him or to go away from Him. When we go away from Him, that's sin. When we turn our backs on Him, that's sin. But God never meant for sin to enter into a world. He never meant for these e this evil things to pervade our world. He meant for everything to be good. And God wants to make everything good again. And He gives us a medicine. He gives us a remedy. He gives us a prescription. That prescription is Jesus Christ. It's the only thing that wants to save us. It's the only thing that can save us. It's the only thing that can bring true healing. Right? He is the solution to our imperfections, our brokenness, our temptation, our sins. He is the only solution. Jesus wants to lift us up. He wants to lift us up from imperfections, brokenness, temptations, and not only in the next life, but right now, brothers and sisters. We always hear this, right? We always hear, you know, in the next world, everything will be better. In this world, there is no peace. There is no solution to things. But Jesus is saying, there is a solution to things. And he gives us this lesson in the gospel today. The healing of Jairus' daughter. The healing of the woman who touched Jesus. Who just touched the garments of his clothes. Right? Just the fringes of his clothes. After 12 years, here's this woman who has suffered. And she's healed. Jesus is teaching us something. He wants us to enjoy life now, not to wait until eternal life. But the secret is enjoying life now. When we find the secret, when we look at the secret, we have to look no further than the saints. When we look at the saints of the church, right, we're looking at those examples of people who have made it into heaven. We know, for example, that those saints, those people that the church calls saints, are those who are in heaven today. And we are called to imitate that example. A lot of us, when we pray, right, we're always thinking like, you know, Lord, bless me with material happiness, bless me with this happiness, this material, whatever it might be, whether it's money, whether it's a job, whether it's comforts, whatever these things might be. And yet, sometimes, we don't get those comforts. We don't get what we're praying for. And Jesus today is telling us, look at the example of the saints. What do the saints have to teach us? In the uh, 1940s, there was a Jewish... Uh, a Jewish nun, well, rather, I'm sorry, she was a Jew and she became a nun. She converted to Catholicism and became a nun. And because she still had that Jewish background, the Nazis took her in 1942 and sent her to a concentration camp. 
and she died there in a gas chamber. But she writes, whatever did not fit with my plan did lie within the plan of God. Whatever was not my plan did lie within the plan of God. I have a trust in what God gives me. I have an even deeper and firmer belief that nothing is merely an accident when we see it in the light of God. Here's this horrific thing she's put into. She's killed in a gas chamber, right? This gas comes forward and kills her. And she says, nothing that I've experienced is not within the plan of God. This is all somehow meant to be within the plan of God. And because of this, she says, I am beginning to rejoice in the light of glory wherein this meaning will be unveiled to me. Jesus, I don't know why I'm suffering. I don't know why I'm being killed in the worst way you can imagine. But I know I still experience this joy that I will find out that when I am with you, you will tell me everything. You will tell me why I am suffering so much. Saint Josemaria Escriva, who was a, a, a saint in South America, he really learned the meaning of suffering and sacrifice at a young age. His three younger sisters had all died, and his father's business went bankrupt. It was through these trials and difficulties that he says he had come to know who God was in his life. He says, God is very pleased with those who recognize his goodness by praying and thanksgiving, by giving thanks to God whenever something out of the ordinary happens without caring whether it might have been good or bad, as the world cares about these things, right? He says, the world's always trying to figure out, this is a good thing or a bad thing. But he says, why are you trying to figure this stuff out? Whatever it is that is within the plan of God, everything comes from the hands of our Father. So through the blow of the chisel, so through the blow of the chisel, comes the hands as a sign of love. As God tries to smooth off our rough edges and bring us closer to perfection. All these things, he says, all this time God is working to smooth out our rough edges. He's making a beautiful statue of us. But we have to be willing to go through that hurt, that pain, that suffering. St. Gianamala was told by doctors that she could choose to save her own life or the life of her unborn child. St. Gianna made it clear that she wanted her child to live. And so she died seven days after giving birth to her fourth child. And she writes... The secret of happiness is to live moment by moment and to thank God for all that He, in His goodness, sends to us day after day. St. Maximilian Kolbe was another priest who in, uh, in Germany would actually hide Jews in his convent, in his monastery. He hid Jews and one day he was discovered by the, uh, the German police and he was sent to a concentration camp. One day, the guards at the concentration camp lined everyone up. Somebody had escaped, and they lined everyone up, and they said, every tenth person is going to be sent to a cell to starve to death. And they chose this one, the tenth person who was, who was right next to Maximilian Kolbe, and that man fell on his knees, and he said, please, I'm a father, I, 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 I'm a really young father, and I have all these kids who are depending on me, please don't kill me. So St. Maximilian Kolbe steps up, and he says, I will take his place. Actually, an amazing story, right? Uh, hunger could not get to him. After a while, he lived for so long, the Germans didn't know what to do, and so they, they, they basically gave him lethal injections until he died. But he just, for some reason, he just wouldn't die. It was known that some of the Germans, even converted some of the German guards, where they would bring him food at night, and sometimes even little pieces of wine, little drops of wine and, uh, and bread, so that he could celebrate Mass in that cell. But St. Maximilian Kolbe writes, For Jesus Christ, I am prepared to suffer still more. Let us not forget that Jesus not only suffered, but also rose in glory. So too, we go to the glory of the resurrection by the way 
and the suffering of the cross. The last, one of the, one of the great, a great saint was a, a young girl at the age of 16, her name was Chiara Luce, and at the age of 16 she had a very, very painful bone cancer. She battled the disease for two years before dying in 1990, not even 30 years ago. She has been an inspiration to many because of her endurance and willingness to serve God in spite of her chronic pain. It was incredibly painful. But she writes, yes, I suffer a lot, but through my sufferings, my soul is always singing. Through my sufferings, because I know Jesus, my soul is always singing. Brothers and sisters, Jesus wants you to live your best life now. Right? He wants you to live life now. But we only know the secret when we know how to suffer, when we know how to go through everything with Jesus, when we're able to sit down with Jesus each and every day. We can't look at what the world has to offer us. The world has to offer us is nothing short. There's no peace in what the world has to offer us. Nothing at all. When Jesus you know, says to the woman that her faith has saved her, right? We turn to this, this idea that the woman says, he turns to her, he says, your faith has saved you, has made you well, go in peace. We see that that woman can begin to live her life now. Why is it that, for example, Jesus embarrasses her in front of all these people? Right, here's Jesus who says, I feel like there's a crowd pressed up against him, and he feels as if someone has touched him, and he knows someone has touched him. And he says to the disciples, who has touched him? And Peter gets kind of annoyed, and Peter says, Lord, you have a crowd around you. Everyone's touching you. What are you talking about? But the woman knew that, that Jesus was talking about her. So the woman turns, and she falls, and she's kind of scared. She falls at Jesus, and she says, it's me. I'm sorry, Lord, I'm the one who touched you. And that's where Jesus says, publicly, your faith has saved you, has made you well. You see, when a Jewish woman at that time, when they had a disease such as a constant bleeding, for 12 years she suffered. For 12 years, she could not touch anyone. If she was a young mother, for, if she was a young wife, for example, she could not even touch her husband because her husband would be considered unclean and that husband could not go to worship at the temple. She could not worship at the temple. She could not touch anyone else. She could not enter and talk with anyone else because if anyone ever came into her presence, they could not worship and they themselves were considered unclean. They had to go and wash themselves and wait a certain amount of time before they can go back out into society. So the woman was not only healed physically, she was healed socially. She could not go back. She could talk to everyone she loved. She could not go back to the temple. She could pray there. And Jesus wanted to make sure everybody understood this woman was healed. Now we turn to Jairus' daughter, right? Jairus' daughter, she's, being, she's suffering. She's dead. Right? She's dying. And someone comes up, comes up to Jesus and comes up to Jairus and says, Your daughter is dead. Don't even bother Jesus anymore. Don't bother the teacher." What does Jesus say? He says, your child is just asleep. Have faith. Believe. And what does everyone do? Everyone who's around Jesus laughs at Jesus. They begin to laugh. They're saying, what is this guy saying? He's dead. She's dead. She's not alive. She's dead. She's not asleep. What are you saying? And so Jesus goes into the house. He permits nobody but his disciples and the mother and father to come in. We can imagine that as they're walking to the house, Jairus has a heavy heart. He's weeping. He's in sorrow. He's in distress. He doesn't know what's going on. But he still has that faith in Jesus. He still says, you know what, the best thing for my daughter right now is Jesus. We can imagine that pain, but he goes in and he's trying to make sense of what's going on. 
And Jesus tells her, Get up. Arise from your sleep. And she gets up. And Jesus, you know, being from that part of the world, first thing that he says to his parents is what? To her parents? Give her something to eat. Give her something to eat. Our brothers and sisters, Jesus today is telling us, wake up. Don't go through life asleep. But wake up. Jairus understood that the best thing for his daughter was Jesus. The best thing for him to do for his daughter was to bring Jesus into his home. He's asking each and every one of you to, the, to do the same. Don't go through life asleep. Parents, they're always choosing what's best for their, for their children all the time, right? Whatever it might be, they're choosing what's best for their parents. They want that spiritual life for their, for their kids. Parents always want it. They're looking for that. They're looking for that spiritual life. They're looking to give their, their kids the best thing that's possible for them. The best thing that's possible for them is Jesus. That's why we baptize our children when, we're when they were younger. Right? That's why we teach them how to pray, and hopefully that's why we pray with them each and every day. A few weeks ago, I gave a homily, right? I was very... Some people came up to me, and they're like, Abuna, why are you, you know, why are you so mad? Why are you so impassioned? I gave a homily about the phone, right? The phones and social media and all these things that are constantly being pushed upon us, that are constantly teaching our children, that are constantly teaching our children how to think, you know, how to believe, what to believe in. And, this, and that the reason I'm so impassioned about it is because when you come from a priest's perspective, right, I care about your souls. I'm a father in this church who cares about your souls, and my number one task as a priest is to teach you the word of Jesus Christ. It's to teach you who Jesus is. When you have a phone that's constantly telling you what to believe, when you have a phone that's constantly telling your kids what to believe and they're forming them, and they're on the phone, you know, however long, time of day, right? there's a thing called screen time where it tells you how long your kids have been on the phone each week. Sometimes some kids spend around 10 hours on the phone a day. Think of how much is being thrown at them. A lot of it seems like it's, it's, you know, it's not a big deal, whatever, but they're slowly teaching your children what to believe. There was, uh, back in 2019, in New York, they passed a law, basically, they basically allowed abortion until the moment of birth. And they were trying really hard to pass this law. Up until the moment of birth, you're able to kill a child. And all around, you know, senators were clapping. They're like, this is going to be great. This is rights for women everywhere. This is what... They're decriminalizing killing a child. Now, today, in New York City alone, one in three children are aborted. One in three children are aborted, and everyone just thinks... This is fine, this is okay. And if you look at, you know, the news that comes to your phone, what does it tell you, right? It, gives, it tells you good things. It tells you, oh, you know, freedom for whatever. For rights are protected today and whatever. You should feel good about this. And your phone tells you how to feel about these news and things like that. Even if you don't believe, even if you're not on that side of life, on that side, you know, of the, of the idea of the spectrum, right? You're going to slowly believe, yeah, you know, maybe this is something to celebrate. And slowly and slowly, different ideas are introduced. And by the time you know it, you turn away from the church. And your kids turn away from the church. We don't understand Jesus. We don't understand what he's saying to us. And just like in the gospel today, the way in which everyone laughed at Jesus when, she, when he said that she was just asleep, the same way they laughed at him, people are laughing at the church today. Bishops were writing to the governor of New York, begging him, don't open this door. Don't open this door where life becomes meaningless. And he did it anyway. The Catholic governor of New York did it 
anyone. He opened that door. Don't turn away from Jesus. Don't allow your children to be influenced so much by the society of the world. At Holy Martyrs on November the 18th, we're going to host an event, and this is mostly for parents and parents of, of teenagers, ninth grade and up. We're going to bring in, there's a great Catholic psychologist who uh, I actually I studied under in, uh, at Sacred Heart Major Seminary. And he's going to give a talk on how it is that we can build a foundation of Jesus in our lives amidst a world that's so loud with social media, amidst a world that's so loud with our phones, amidst a world that's so loud with distraction. Join us, right? For parents and parents of teenagers. Join us, it'll be a great night. We'll, you know, we'll just eat, we'll talk. We'll see what it is, how it is that we can build a solid foundation on Jesus. Be proactive. Be proactive in teaching your children who it is that Jesus is in their lives. Pray with them. A lot of kids today can't focus anymore. If, some, if a thought takes longer than five minutes to complete, we'll just move on to another thought because the phone is so instantaneous. But if we're not taking our time, if we're not being patient in learning who Jesus is in our life, which takes patience, we're missing the point. We won't learn who Jesus is. We can't build the foundation on Christ. Pray with your children. Pray with your kids. Pray with your families. Sit down. Take that time. Pray with them. We're born into a battle. We're born into a battle between good and evil. Jesus is the answer. Jesus has already won that battle. All you have to do is be on the winning side. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm here. Tell me what to do. Give me my orders. So my brothers and sisters, we pray that we can be proactive in finding joy in Jesus amidst the trials of the world. Right? Amidst the world that laughs at Him. Amidst the world that thinks it's all just a joke. Amidst the world that really can't find truth in anything but themselves. We find truth as Christians in Jesus Christ. Amen? Let us stand well with joy and gladness.